Welcome everyone to Data Endures Final Tech Talk of 2021. I am Kirsten Burke and I'm delighted today to be joined by a, uh, a guest, uh, Brian Moody, who is our Vice President of Managed Security Services. We're just delighted to have you here today, Brian, to share some of your insights. So welcome. Thank you. Looking forward to our conversation. Yes, yes. Um, you know, tw at, at the end of the year, you're either reflecting or planning and we just thought it was a great opportunity to have Brian join us to really um, both reflect and project on what we've heard from our hundreds of conversations with customers and prospects and really do um, to help other folks understand what we are seeing and hearing as what we'll call the top three security priorities that we're seeing on people's Christmas list this year. So we'll tie in a little bit of the holidays, but really just tapping into Brian, the conversations he's having, and some of the insights that we're sharing with our customers around these three priorities to hopefully, hopefully help some of you on, uh, if these are on your Christmas list that perhaps can help you um, think bigger, smarter, uh, or more strategically about, about some of these things. So Brian, I'll cue it off. Um, we've got three things that we've identified. Uh, why don't you lead us into the first? So, so first of all, I would say, um, you know, to your point, reflecting back on 2021 and look at some of the challenges that our customers are going through. Uh, and you're right. I spend um, every day talking to security professionals, uh, talking to our current customers, uh, listening and hearing the challenges that they're, that they're, that they're dealing with. And you know the fact of the matter is is this security thing is hard, uh, it's difficult, and um, you know the time that it takes in our businesses today to to implement a, a, a secure profile is incredibly challenging, and um, you know our customers are doing really well in some areas and not in the others, um, but what we're seeing is is it's a constantly moving target, mm -hmm. and you know. The time is not on our side, and you see that slogan on our website. You see that in our documentation. You know we uh, are working uh, every day to run our business. Hackers have all day to figure out how to thwart that effort. Mm -hmm. And so I hear more and more from our customers just that this this constant challenge. You know, um, so if you think about Christmas right now, we, you know we're all running out and getting gifts, and and you know, and in fact, if you could find a gift. Um, I was after a certain kitchen appliance and I can't believe you can't find one. Mm -hmm. They're like gone. And then to try to get it shipped in and to have it arrive in order for us to, to, uh, to enjoy it. Um, well, translate that into security professionals and security resources. So one of the top things that I've seen and heard from customers this year is their ability to find, uh, number one, a qualified security professionals uh, that could come in and to help build the team and augment the team. So our customers are number one struggling with the resources that it takes uh, to really implement and manage uh, a, a secure infrastructure in their company. Number two, I think in the three topics that we can dive in this year is I'm hearing more and more and more about micro-segmentation, about zero trust. And if you think um, and look back on um, the solar winds and the large government uh, breach that took place this year, look back over the pipeline breach. These cyber criminals were in there for months mm -hmm. and they breached credentials and they breached systems and they breached uh, software capability uh, that allowed them to come in and have literally free ability to move throughout the network before they decided to detonate. And 
that is the critical now kind of rising um, and escalation priority that I have seen felt with a lot of companies is around how do we segment our environment? How do we create zero trust? So that's number one. Number two is as the technology continues to mature, as well as the cyber attacks and the phishing attacks continue to mature, our endpoint detection and response um, we're finding that the, the implementations that are in place need to be modernized. They need to be improved. So updating that EDR almost to MDR, back to my comment about resource availability. Um, we all went last year massively remote. Um, that cyber landscape, that threat became catastrophic for every business on the planet, without question. So now we're managing endpoints that we didn't normally think we were going to manage before. Even in data and door, our internal staff, which worked on internal systems, went mobile. So that was either a home system or a mobile device that we provided to them. That device needed to be secured. That happened globally. So the escalation of the endpoint protection schema now has become a major challenge and is probably number two on, on most of the customers that I'm talking to. And then third, when you think you've done all that you needed to do in order to do business, again, the only change is constant, our CEO loves to say, um, is that landscape is continuing to change. And that challenge is the requirements uh, to do business today and the requirements around your security profile. So requirements in order to sign a contract with a customer and or requirements to, to get cyber insurance. Um, these have all escalated for all of our customers. So. If I were to say top three things as we come in out of 21 that are beginning to culminate in our, our conversation with customers, uh, it's around zero trust, it's around micro-segmentation, it's around modernization of the endpoint uh, to, and from EDR to really MDR capabilities, uh, and then really evaluating our overall security profile around contracts and requirements that may not be our requirements, but are, are requirements of our partners, our contract partners, our software partners uh, in order to do business. Uh, with them. Right, right. Well, it's, it's so interesting um, how you started out this conversation. So we've got these three macro areas. And one of the things that you had mentioned organizations are struggling with is just resourcing. Um, it's finding the people, it's finding the ways to evaluate the tools. And someone phrased it this way yesterday, and it just stuck with me. Um, it's not that the folks out there are doing things wrong or bad or whatever. We do have this adversary that, that, that is several steps ahead of us and um, it's crime fighting. And, and someone mentioned that phrase yesterday about crime fighting and, you know, how do you, you as an individual or you as an organization um, really struggle to crime fight without crime fighting specialists around you, right? Whether it's the police or the FBI or the SWAT team, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But the, if you really think about these organizations are trying to crime fight on their own, and that is not their specialty. And so they're going to bring in tools. They're going to bring in things that they think are going to help. They're going to put the alarm on the door. They're going to, you know, do the things, but, but there really is a specialist perspective that is very hard to acquire internally because part of that crime fighting is knowing what's going on around the rest of the area, um, call it correlating or call it, um, you know, pulling in different telemetry to really understand, 
you know, here are the patterns of these criminals. Here's where they're hitting. Here's what they do next. And to really help then these organizations shore up. And I think people are, are understanding that more and more, um, kind of needing that specialty or expertise um, around micro-segmentation, around uh, what do we do with the endpoints, around how do we meet the requirements that we need to. And um, so it's interesting that you mentioned the resources first and foremost, because I really think that that parlays across, whether it be these three issues or any other, that um, you need those resources to, to do your superhero crime fighting more than ever. Without question. And I, and I think, you know, the other aspect is you bring the telemetry aspect into it is, you know, we, we die by, you know, I, we had a great conversation with the security professional um, just, just recently this week, a very, very large company. And there were a couple of key points made that, that really kind of struck me was especially around, we, we start talking telemetry and the need for telemetry. And um, she mentioned death by a, a thousand consoles. And so you you mentioned resources, and but you know the tools and technology are out there that help us build our defenses. Um, the human aspect of this becomes so critical because we have to be able to analyze uh, the telemetry that's coming in. And you know, yes, we use interoperability. Yes, we use integration. And you bring up correlation. And 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 you know, but the other point that she made that struck me was you know with respect to you know sim systems. She said she's found very, very few people that were happy with their sim. And the other point that she made that, that really struck me was, is that most of the sims today do not have the threat intelligence that enables them to truly be able to come through uh, with respect uh, to the telemetry that's coming in and really do uh, you know, the threat analysis to produce a result. Much less, again, having the resources in the company that can understand what that result means and the steps that are needed to uh, be taken in order to uh, remediate that threat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, very, very, very interesting point around, um, around resources. But I think the ideology to come back around to micro segmentation and zero trust, you know, I think the ideology there is, is if we, we want to shrink that landscape. Right. So 2020 to 2021, I mean, we became just just spread out into a, a cybersecurity landscape that became almost impossible to protect. Mm -hmm. So the ideology of, of shrinking that, um, you know, creating citadels, so to speak, of systems, um, you know, create ZTNA. So create zero trust networks based upon application and user so that we've now isolated and we're creating smaller attack surfaces so that if we do have a breach of credential, if we do have a breach of network or system inside of that much smaller citadel, that we don't, in a sense, get that spillover effect that in uh, that, that runs across the company. So, you know, the key point there is I'm I'm dealing with smaller uh, um, areas. I'm not having to worry about other things. That if I've got things um, segmented correctly, uh, and the threat to the company is dramatically reduced because your attack surface is reduced. Right. And these are some of the absolutely critical areas around micro segmentation and zero trust uh, that I think that are, are starting to rise very rapidly on CISO's priority list. For sure. Well, and you're, you're shrinking not only that attack service, but you are uh, making that administration smaller too, right? So if, if the attack surface is smaller, the resources that you have, 
can focus more specifically on these certain areas rather right. than, you know, we talk about the needle in the haystack or whatever, you know, we're making those smaller so that things are more easily identifiable and then more easily remediated. And I say easy. Um, I, I don't mean easy <laughs> because we know that this isn't easy, but right. You get my gist. Um, so we talked a little bit more about micro segmentation, you know, endpoint detection, um, uh, or, or um, MDR uh, managed detection response, right? This, as you mentioned, has exploded, right? Um, all of a sudden devices that were never meant to be uh, doing, uh, doing things, accessing data, whatever, are right. now all over the place. And what is it that folks are seeing are not working that was working, or maybe it wasn't working pre-pandemic, but the, the buttons hadn't been pushed yet. But now we've had these accelerators to show uh, what you've what you may have relied on in the past is not going to work for you given this new situation we're all living in. Well, I think the bit, biggest critical component that we can talk about, and we talk about attack surface, is you know we kind of had that centralized model of security where you know we were all coming into a building. Right. And in a lot of cases, we were sitting down at a machine that was inside the firewall, you know, utilizing uh, the castle ideology. Right. We're, we're, we're behind the moat. We're behind the drawbridge. Right. You know, we've got firewall in place. We've got proxy in place. We've got IDS. We've got IPS. We've got all of that security and infrastructure, you know, protecting the folks that are, in a sense, inside the castle. Well, we all ran outside the castle and we're all sitting out in thatched huts on the outside of the castle now because, you know, Maybe there was, you know, there was there was something inside the castle, uh, you know, like the pandemic that allowed us now to move out. So, you know, the management of that expansion became incredibly difficult, right? And so the endpoint detection tools that were being used, I, I don't think in many occasions where we were we were really managing inside and protecting, now suddenly we're in the wild. Mm -hmm. So the challenge around the maturity of some of those products. Um, wasn't there. The other aspect is, I think, is that, you know, we talk about attack surface, it was much easier to manage inside. Now they're all, you know, remote. So mm -hmm. our ability to then, you know, again, death by console, to be able to take the telemetry and be able to watch all of those endpoints became a, a dramatic challenge. Mm -hmm. And I don't think many of the tools that folks had deployed uh, were at a maturation level to deal with the cyber threat that was coming in. Because suddenly now you write, you see phishing increase by 700%. That was, I mean, that was a, a, a 2020 dramatic increase immediately because mm -hmm. people were incredibly exposed. Mm -hmm. So um, I think what I've seen and heard is, um, matter of fact, just talked to a customer today, a dramatic change in evaluating that endpoint and the ability to need that um, automation, automated mm -hmm. response, and also the ability to almost have um, you know, uh, vulnerability uh, ability to look at endpoint um, versus just to protect the endpoint from something happening. So wanting to have a more proactive approach to that endpoint versus reacting to something that's happened. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of conversation with folks around this um, kind of maturing the endpoint solution uh, over what they've had uh, just due to the fact that they're dealing with so many more now. Right. Right. Well, and I think one aspect of that that has really uh, come to the forefront is is ability to understand behavior, right? And and something that a lot of these you talk about maturity, right? And that's a right. great word to use. That 
that wasn't a thing years ago, right? And so the tools that we had didn't need to understand um, certain behavior that was either normal, abnormal, um, you know, to detect it, to alert on it. And now that's critical because we now have hackers that know how to destroy their footprints. They know how to destroy their trails. They know how to destroy or obfuscate those things that these more immature tools uh, were in place to track. And so I, I don't know if you, you know, if that's part of the conversation you've been having with folks as well. Without question. And I think, you know, the, the, the solution that we've selected, uh, you know, one is, um, you know, uh, a, a modern solution, the MITRE attack matrix, uh, the, the MITRE group rates it uh, the number one solution, but the key is it's autonomous agent. Because as you point out, cyber criminals uh, have the advantage. So, you know, on a lot of the legacy endpoint solutions, you know, they, they need to make that cloud connection uh, into, their, into their, their key owner OEM, so to speak, really in order to operate. You know, so hackers are smart enough to be able to come right in and be able to stick false DNS in and be able to change and stop that connection. So at that point, they're free to do what they want, right? Because they can, they can disable that endpoint uh, capability. So you absolutely have to have a mature enough endpoint solution uh, so that the hackers can't come in, detonate on a device and, and limit your ability to manage that device and or respond to it again, Back to the ideology of zero trust and microsegmentation is, you know, I've, I've breached that system and now I have the ability to, you know, breach the wall, so to speak, and have free run inside the network um, and almost to the point of being undetected. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they're all connected. Interestingly enough, you know, when you talk about the, the, the first one, microsegmentation, you talk about endpoint detection. Um, and, and that's a part of the challenge too, right? I think sometimes we look at these things in isolation. I need a firewall or I need, you know, I need a new EDR solution or whatever. But, but when you really think of these layers, right? They're layers because there is an interconnection between them. When, when one works well, it reduces the reliance that you will need the second, Absolutely. but you need the second, right? <laughs> so um, I think part of the strategy that folks are, are trying to get their head around is how do I think about these layers and how do I make sure that these are the right layers and that they are interconnected in the right ways that I'm not leaving any gaps. Um, and I think that goes to your third point, um, which is how I think, I think I'm doing the right things, but I'm not sure. And now all of a sudden I may have some of my suppliers or vendors coming to me saying, hey, we're now getting pressure from regulators or from the market or from the board saying that all of our vendors need to prove that they are doing X, Y, and Z um, in order to continue to do business with us. So all of a sudden, whatever investments you've made, um, whatever layers you have, um, whether or not you think they're right, you know, first of all, can you inspect that and prove it? But now you've got um, pressure from elsewhere. And, and probably if you're not feeling it yet, it's likely you will in 2022 because there is this movement um, that now that I don't know that the shift is going to stop or, or that change will stop. But I think there is an awareness that um, the cybercrime thing isn't going away. And so we all need to make sure that we are more proactively um, putting defenses in place and and we're going to be inspected on it. 
So that was kind of your third one. Um, do you have any examples of just any, any conversations you've had over the last year where folks are kind of thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> what am I going yes, to Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, last week, uh, the week before. Uh, no, this, this is absolutely becoming uh, something that's, that's critical. And, and, you know, as, as you know, and you see in, in, in from data and we talk about this digital resiliency, right. Which is, which is um, a resiliency of your infrastructure and a resiliency of your, your, uh, your cyber profile. And what we're finding and seeing more and more. So to your point, in the in the last month, I have three companies that have come to my organization uh, because um, we're attempting to get cyber insurance. But cyber insurance is now requiring very specific cyber infrastructure and enterprise infrastructure that needs to be in place before they'll even grant you cyber insurance, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, we have a customer of ours that deals um, with a, a large car company. And um, in order for that contract to move forward, uh, in order for them to provide services and products to that car company, um, they are required to have very specific security infrastructure in place, documented. So almost like SOC 2 Type 2, where their processes are documented, they're provable, there's evidentiary telemetry that shows that that's in place. And this this is not, um, you know, the manufacturer's um, requirement. They feel they're secure. This is the requirement of the partner coming in that if mm-hmm. you want to do business with us, this is what the requirement is. Mm-hmm. And you need to have these things in place. So this is, I would say, really, as we've seen coming out of Q3 21 into Q4 21, I've had three conversations in the last month with three companies where we have sold services to fill the gap, so mm-hmm. to speak. You know, and and some ideology and points around that are, you know, we've seen multi-factor authentication be required. Um, endpoint detection and response. Again, we come back to this 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 MDR solution that mm-hmm. that that absolutely has to be. But it's extended detection and response, and they also want to see continuous incident response, so mm-hmm. that seven by 24, 365, if something happens, you have the ability internally to respond, or you have a service that's responding at three o'clock in the morning. If, mm-hmm. if, if a detonation or something happens on a device. Mm-hmm. Um, secondarily, you know, 24 by seven monitoring. So the ideology of an operations center of a SOC comes into play, uh, the implementation of a SIM uh, in order to correlate your telemetry. Um, and then, you know, network backups. So mm-hmm. your ability to back your infrastructure up and recover, right? So what we've seen in so many cases and so many stores this year are ransomware attacks where, uh, customers are, are being encrypted. They're being held at ransom, uh, and and you know either they get their data back, and if their if their infrastructure isn't resilient enough to respond to that, if they can't recover from their backups, um, they're they're really in a tough spot. And we've we've worked with uh, quite a few companies uh, where that's been the case. We've been part of that response, um, but network backups and and data backup now is is almost becoming a requirement. Right. Um, so when before have you ever thought of a, a backup as a security item? And right. it's now exactly. coming into a requirement for cyber insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then finally, um, network segmentation. These these cyber insurance companies and partners are getting to the point that um, if I'm coming into your environment and I'm and then I'm interoperating with a function of your company, I want it segmented. Right. And I want to see the security profile around that segmentation. Um, and I want to see that the network is segmented. So again, we come all the way back up top to our micro segmentation, zero trust uh, conversation. Um, but yes, this is um, becoming a rapid conversation. And to your point, 
if you're not feeling this yet, it's coming. Yeah. And it's going to become more prevalent, I think, in partnership contracts, uh, manufacturing contracts um, amongst folks. And it's going to embed itself in the supply chain uh, in order to, to work to keep it secure. Well, and the interesting thing that happens then, uh, whether whether you're trying to be proactive and get, and get in front of it, or whether someone is now coming to you saying you need you need to show this to us, um, back to the time is not on your side. This isn't something at that point that you now have time to go staff, to go build, to go implement, and to operationalize. Right? I mean, if if you are feeling that this is something that you've got to get stood up. If this is something that you now have a partner or supplier coming to you and saying, this is important, or an insurance company saying, you can't, you're uninsurable until you do this, there is a significant time pressure on you now, right? This can't, no take, this can't take six months. This can't take nine months. Um, and how do you get to mature, right? I mean, it's going to take you six to nine to stand it up, right? But if you're really going to know your stuff, it's going to take you even longer to get whatever the integration and correlation and telemetry is. So I think one of the things that we've been really able to help folks solve for is time. And and we talk about our wanting to help organizations put time back on their side. And oftentimes I think people think of this as We'll take time away, you know, from the adversary. We'll take time away. Um, we'll help you reduce that dwell time. But there's another factor of time that I think people are becoming more and more aware of, which is time to maturity. So how fast can I get my security environment mature? And um, I think that's something that has grown in value or awareness for people because they don't have the time to learn how to do this right or to hire the people. And they don't want to take, I mean, they want to get there, but the pain and the cost (laughs) of getting there is so much. Well, I think you bring up a critical point around time is um, because some of these requirements, these contract requirements that we just talked about, um, and and they're not just for cyber insurance. You know, as we said, these are, uh, you know, I mentioned the the relationship with a large automobile company in order to do business with them. You know, these are these are suddenly contract terms that suddenly exist, and you know, uh, we need these now for for you to do business with us. So, um, do you have time to go out now and evaluate six products? Uh, do an RFP. Um, you know, uh, select two. You know, run through your process. Do a POC. I mean, that's impossible, right? So that time factor that you bring to the table, and and I think that is the one thing that has been so, uh, you know, for me, um, you know, on the on the sales side of Data Endure this year is our ability to rapidly expedite a customer security profile to a very very mature level, and what I'm seeing more and more in my discussion with CISOs is the build it yourself challenge. It's it's so difficult. Uh, you, you you have to evaluate product, you implement the product, you configure the product for your environment, and the only constant is change, but then you've got to have all the resources to manage that. Mm-hmm. So the CapEx and OpEx associated with that are, are, are dramatic. And then now all the interoperability and the understanding cohesion of death by a thousand consoles is correlating all that so that you can get a result that makes your team productive. Mm-hmm. And consuming security as a service 
and I think we're seeing it more and more, brings that timestamp um, down dramatically mm-hmm. because we have done the work. We have built the integrations and the interoperabilities, and we have the ability to deploy very, very quickly to plug many of these gaps. And, and in just in this week, uh, as I mentioned, the customers we talked about, they didn't need the whole portfolio, but it was the key critical components that they needed in order to complete the contract or get the cyber insurance that the board so critically wanted. We were able to close those gaps very, very quickly uh, in, in weeks, not months, not years, but in, in, in weeks time of evaluation and implementation. So Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's um, Brian, I've, I've so enjoyed you joining us and I just, um, your, your, uh, your information from the street is so valuable and it's so timely. Um, and I hope that our folks listening today benefited from hearing some of this. Uh, if, if these are on your list and if you're looking for some help working through that, please let us know. Um, if you have other things, if we didn't get what the, if we did not get the item on your list, uh, reach out to us because, you know, not only are these three things uh, hot topics, but there are so many other things uh, that, that data endure from a security perspective. Um, Brian talked about the cyber infrastructure uh, or cybersecurity, and we have infrastructure. Um, there's so many things that, that, are now tying closer together that we really um, find ourselves getting involved helping customers work through. So please feel free to reach out to us if you have comments, if you have questions, we'd love to dialogue with you. Um, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. It was great having you. Certainly, and obviously our best to, to, to everyone and their families for a joyous holiday. Um, and we, uh, we wish everyone a very, very Merry Christmas. Absolutely, and we will see all of you in 2022. 2022. Thank you.